evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Wednesday Night Wallop. It's Ryland Turner. It's Kyle Joseph. And tonight, tonight, Kyle, we have a very special guest. Yes, we do. Yes. Chef Jack London is back. He's back yes. on the show. His first, I think this is the first time you've actually been on Wednesday Night Wallop proper. You so, might be right. Yes. Yes. Yes, I'm very excited about this. Uh, you watched Dynamite this evening, so we're going to get into all of that. Kyle, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, man, this is a great episode of Dynamite. Yes, it really was. Jack, how are you? I am great. And, you know, there was a sign that was in the front row, and I saw it a million times tonight. And they said, just enjoy wrestling. And that is what I felt like tonight. Just enjoying the wrestling. It was fantastic. Yes, yes, certainly, certainly, certainly. Um, Kyle, Jack, we start this show every week the same way. It's time for the Wednesday Night Roundup. It's a Wednesday Night Roundup. So, uh, to start things out, according to Brian Alvarez, Ray Wyatt is taking a, a little flight, Rylan. Why don't you tell us about this? Yes, uh, according to his Twitter, Bray uh, Wyatt is on a or boarded a flight to Cardiff, Wales. Uh, let's 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 talk about this. So, like this weekend is a huge weekend for wrestling. Labor Day weekend uh, always pretty big when it comes to AEW, but WWE has doubled down this weekend. Oh yeah, and we have Clash of the Castle or Clash at the Castle. Yes, Saturday night, headlined by Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Um. Let's let's get into this main event. Like this, Roman has held this title a long damn time. Yep, and he's held it through the pandemic, uh, and no one no one has come close really to beating him. He's had some great feuds. He's had some stellar matches in this time, but really, no one has been able to top the Tribal Chief. Uh, I'm gonna start with you, Kyle. Um, let's talk about Drew. Like I've talked about it for weeks. We did a preview of the pay per view last week. Um, what do you think the chances are that we might see a new champion this Saturday? I think they're not bad. I, I'm still not certain the WWE is quite ready to pull the trigger on Drew McIntyre, but I would like to see it personally. I do think that he has earned this opportunity. He has been, he's a fantastic wrestler. He is a great promo. He's got the, he's got the look. He has the athleticism. He's a total package. And I think him getting the opportunity to carry that main event division, especially a main event division that's starting to get built up again. Now that we see triple H, um, in charge, we're starting to see a bit more of, you know, the Kevin Owens of the world. We're starting to see a bit more of those, those other guys who may not have had that opportunity at the top um, more recently, or at least weren't credible threats to win the belt. Right. Definitely. Where, where I feel like they, uh, a lot of that, uh, the rest of that division, Seth Rollins is your, um, I guess, Cody when he returns. A lot of those guys are now in a situation where you could see them potentially making a run at the belt yep, uh, with a Drew McIntyre champion, as opposed to Roman, who just seems like this un insurmountable cliff. And if we are getting to Roman Rock, I have said from the beginning, that just doesn't need a belt. Yep. Jack, what are your thoughts on this match? 
So just kind of looking at the the way that they built Drew up. Like you, you look in in all the different matches that that Roman, all the people he's been ma- matched up against. There hasn't been one where I'm like, you know, that they may pull a trigger. Even with with Brock, you know, they did the whole, you know, last time ever. Like I feel like looking at Drew when I think about what he did in the pandemic and the way he carried the brand proudly with no fans won the belt, had banger after banger, like everything that he did to hold the company up. He lost it, and now it feels like if there's ever going to be a a serendipitous moment, it's this one. And it's in the UK. And like we know how when we think about like UK pay-per-view and you think about Brett in Wembley Stadium with the British Bulldog, you know how we feel about that. The amount that they're putting on to this match is a lot. And I know with the carrying cross, we don't know what, you know, what, what he's gonna do, how that's gonna shake out. But like like it was just said about Roman, if there is a Roman versus Rock program, it does not need the belt. I would I would say having the belt the, the same way I felt when they did Cena and The Rock the second time like the first time was perfect and it was like well now we're gonna uh, do it again but now with the belt that took it down so if they are gonna do Rock and they are gonna do Roman I hope they do it it don't need a belt let's put the belt on Drew and let Drew continue to run through people the way he has <laughs> And I think it'll be a moment. It's just hard to imagine because so much of the Usos, so much of Roman is all built on that, the the picture of everybody having all the belts. Once you start taking and chipping away at that, what do we have? Right. So I I do have a question, though, Jack. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, with the news that Bray Wyatt is on his way to Cardiff, potentially. I yeah. mean, this is all speculation as as right now, as it sits right now. It's only Wednesday. Um, <laughs> let's let's talk about this. Like Bray Wyatt was the guy that that Roman took the belt off of two years ago. Yes. This is a big, big, big moment. And while I think that Drew deserves his moment, and while I think that this is certainly uh, the time to do it and pull that trigger. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's a potential that Bray Wyatt could get involved? Uh, Carrie and Cross could could get involved. We've got a lot of we've got a lot of dark, creepy elements into this, and and we're not even really talking about them going into the match. Like Carrie <laughs> Cross has been a character that has been involved for the last month or so, but we yep. really haven't been talking about him too heavily. Um, Jack, I'll get I'll get your thoughts on that, and then Kyle, you after that. Yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of different ways they can go. I you know I think the Bray Wyatt angle is for me box office. Uh, I always just feel with Bray as much as I love the script. I mean you know you know the promos and it's it's dark and it's sinister. Then the bell rings and and something is usually lost. So I'm hoping if they're going to bring him back. They've got to really hone that in. Either you're going to go with them as the theme, or we're not. But either way, you've got to make a decision. I, I just don't want to see it get... I, I don't want to see the integrity of this match that can be this great 
hot shot to throw Bray in and do this and do a bunch of other stuff. I would far prefer to see if if Roman is gonna lose, let's let's let him lose. You know, so yeah, that that's that's my perception on it. But yeah, I'm 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 a big fan of of, of those uh, going those either direction. I just want them to make a decision. Kyle, um, do you think that Bray Wyatt getting involved in this match hurts Drew McIntyre? If he's involved in the match, maybe. I think the thing about first of all, we don't know that Bray Wyatt's returning as the fiend. Right. Bray Wyatt has had uh, he hasn't been when's the last time he was employed in WWE? A year ago? I think it was last summer he was released, if I'm not mistaken. So he's had a lot of time away to do any number of things. I don't in whatever creative thing he has going on in his mind, if the powers that be want to let him run with it. I'm all for it. The only thing that concerns me is the thing that concerned me the last time. And it's that the Fiend doesn't need belts. Yep. Arguably, the thing Undertaker was weakened by his the, him holding the championships when he did. Yep. The, the big thing about um, the Fiend character is that he should be there to get vengeance for what happened to um, wrestler Bray Wyatt in the past, or to, you know, to take his anger out on any number of people who are in the company. I don't think that it makes sense for him to carry out this character and then chase after titles. I just don't think it it works. Would I love to see um, a... Funhouse match with Roman Reigns running down his career the same way they did John Cena. Yeah, that would be amazing. I just don't see it. So I think I think keep him away from belts as much as possible. We don't know that he's coming back for the main event. He could be coming back for any number of things if he is returning. Uh, if he's going to be on the show, I think it's possible that we could see him chase after someone else, too. We we really don't know. It's all speculation at this point. This is true. This is true. Um, let's move on. We're going to move on to uh, NXT UK. So the rumor, or it does appear that NXT UK is closing and being reopened and rebranded and repackaged as NXT Europe sometime late this year, early next year. So the sort of go home crowning achievement show for NXT, for the death of NXT UK is going to be Worlds Collide this year. Um, first of all, I'll, I'll ask both of you what your sort of thoughts are on NXT UK as a brand. Do you, if you have any thoughts and feelings about it? And two, um, with Worlds Collide going up against uh, All Out, uh, do you have any thoughts about the show that uh, NXT is planning on putting on? Yeah. Um, the, so my, my thoughts, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around exactly what's happening with the closing of UK and, and, and what this means. Because the first thing I'm thinking is, so if you're going to close the UK, but it's going to be Europe, but they're, they're uh, unifying all of the belts. So does that mean that the new incar- incarnation of uh, NXT 
the uh, is the the new rebrand that they just did recently is that gone away and then now they're taking everybody to europe there's just so many moving parts and i know with 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 triple h at the helm my new stuff was gonna look different and it was gonna feel different uh just watching the show more than anything this last go home episode I love the amount of importance that they stressed about every one of those belts in between UK and NXT. And they made it feel like this is a game changer and a must see event. We're putting everything together and we're going to end with everything kind of together. So, you know, I, I'm not sure what's going on with it, but I love the way they went about showing reverence to all of the people that have held the, the the UK championship and to see Pete Dunne make a cameo to talk about that, to see Rhea Ripley come and talk about it in, in every instance. And even, I don't know if you saw it, the Ricochet, you know, Ricochet coming yeah, out. Ricochet's like, on this show. Yes. Whoa, I mean, to see how much of a big star Ricochet felt like when that music and all the smoke and it's like, then you watch, you know, SmackDown and it's like, huh? <laughs> well, there went that. But I, I really think they're about to put together a groundbreaking show. And I don't know what it means after, but I tell you what, I'm here for it. Absolutely. I, I mean, like with NXT UK, like I, I, I won't sit here and say that I was a weekly viewer or anything like that, but certainly over the last few years, the matches that these guys have put together over there in the UK. Um, if we're talking about Walter Dragunov, we're talking about Pete Dunne and, and, and Walter before he became Gunther. Uh, we're, we're talking about like all these, there were certain tag team Pete matches. Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, you're right. In, in Chicago. Yes. In Chicago. So like, yes, th this, this brand has really, I think, gone above and beyond what they asked to do. And Certainly in the last, I want to say, well, I guess since NXT became NXT 2.0, I feel like NXT UK has really been the workhorse brand of the WWE. Mm -hmm. It kind of transitioned over there for the last few months. And we've we've seen some stars rise from it. And certainly we've seen some, um, some importance put back into that brand that I feel like may, may have been lost in the last while. Um, and, and, and to see it go away, it's sad. It's definitely sad. But I mean, I, I honestly, like when it comes to Triple H and Shawn Michaels putting together NXTs, they're, they're pretty good at it. I feel like we're going to be just fine. Um, it's sad to see all these wrestlers get released. The ones that didn't want to come over to the, into the States. Um, I, most notably Flash Morgan Webster, who had been released while he was injured. Which I don't, I don't like at all. But like these are the, I, I feel like this is probably a conversation of we're going a different direction. Do you want to be on our television in the in, in the states? And if you don't, we're going to have to release. And I mean, honestly, like I, I'm sure all of these guys, with as long as they've been in um, NXT UK, I, I feel like they're going to be just fine. Uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, just. If you go over the two belts that are on the, I guess that are being, um, or I guess the three belts, I should say, that are being added, mm -hmm. NXT UK, that championship has been held by four people 
Rhea Ripley, who, I mean, stop and start pushes in, in, um, on the main roster aside, she has grown into a legitimate star in the industry. Yep. Tony Storm, uh, who I can't believe WWE dropped the ball on, but AEW is more than happy to reap the rewards of that. Uh, Kaylee Ray, who I feel like in the next by the next year, this time next year, we're going to very much know who her uh, know all about her. And as a person who's seen a number of her matches, uh, look forward to it because she's great. And obviously, uh, Mako Satomura, who is. On, um, an unequivocal legend of the business, uh, getting the chance to really have her flowers and hold this belt for over 400 days. Um, that it's really awesome. She's going to get an opportunity to wrestle. We get to see. Speaking of AEW, you get to see B Priestley. Um, yeah, as Blair Davenport in that triple threat match as well. Uh, the NXT tag titles. Um, similarly, uh, grizzled young veterans who. Um, criminally underrated tag team. Yep. yep. No longer called that, though. Yes. Which is a shame. <laughs> what are they called now? I don't... I'm still trying the to... Dyad. <laughs> they are... They are... Uh, what is the character? Yes, they are the Dyad because um, they are working with... Because uh, it's Jagger Reed and Rip Foster. Is those their names now? Um, I like Jagger Reed. I won't like... I won't... I won't uh, knock that one. Jagger uh, Reed's a cool... Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews, who both had springs for feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gallus, just this, you know, domineering tag team. Um, I don't know much about Pretty Deadly, but uh, Mustache Mountain as well, who, I mean, all they had uh, countless great matches in NXT yep. and NXT UK. Yep. And then you talk about that, that, that uh, NXT... UK Championship, who again, we're only talking about um, four different people who have ever held this belt. And Tyler Bate, Pete Dunne, Walter, and Ilya Dragunov, and need I say more? Boy! (laughs) Yes! Um, And those, the thing about, that's the thing, each of those guys, so Bate wins the title, Loses it to Dunn to take over Chicago, which is an amazing match. Mm-hmm. He holds that belt for almost 700 days and loses it take over New York, which is probably an even better match. He holds it for 870 days before yep. losing it at takeover 36, which may have been even better. Yeah. With Dragunov. I mean, that's the thing about yeah, yeah uh, Walter Dragunov too, much like their first encounter. Which was on NXT, if I'm not mistaken, it was on TV. Yes, it was. It was. It was, it was an NXT wow. K episode. It was no fans in the building, right? Yep. I'm pretty sure, yeah, there were no fans in the building for that. And they they tore it the hell up. I, I can't remember seeing a match that violent. It wasn't a garbage match. Like, they just used their hands and feet very effectively. Yeah. Whew. And I mean, that's the thing. To me... This was um, a real. It's if it's a short-lived brand, I feel like it was the opportunity to be a real celebration of the British of the British indie scene, um, and to 
sort of have them get the opportunity to show out on on uh, a televised program. Obviously, I feel like they're going to do. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be next year. Um, and that and Shawn Michaels has said that he has promised that uh, NXT Europe is going to be even bigger. Who knows what that's going to end up being? Who knows if this is the start of. Um, a pipeline that's going or that's going to lead to more NXTs around the world. I know that was originally Triple H's plan back in the day when he started NXT in the first place. And personally, I would love to see an NXT Canada because there's a lot of wrestling talent up here. There's a lot of wrestling cool. talent in Japan, obviously. Australia has a ton of wrestling talent. Um, it stands to reason that if WWE wants those pipelines. Which I think I assume they do. They they seem to be getting back into realizing that indie wrestlers make good WWE wrestlers, right? In certain cases, um, NXT UK to me is going to be um, it's going to be the first. It's going to be sort of the first one through the through the wall, and you always take a bit of a beating if you're the first one through the wall. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if we're talking about ten years from now. And we have a global collection of NXTs. We have NXT UK to pave the that paved the way first. Yeah, and that's a heck of a legacy. And to do that in two years, or sorry, not that uh, not two, but like five years, that's a heck of a legacy. Um, we will move on in our news. Uh, Women's tag team champions. Uh, have been crowned, and it's Aaliyah and Raquel Gonzalez. Bit of a surprise, Rylan, eh? Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to say this. I I think that, um, I mean, good for them for doing not what everyone expected them to do and and, and going, you know, outside and and getting some young talent, um, some championship gold. Um, I will say, though, like, I feel like Asuka and and Alexa Bliss would have been the better match for the you know, uh, champions that are returning. And I mean, at this point, is it speculation anymore, Kyle? Yes, it still is. Because, and I can't believe I keep saying this, the last time I was, the last time I was told and updated, Sasha Banks didn't have no WWE contract. And it's hard to wrestle in WWE if you don't have a WWE contract. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Until they decide to pay her all the money, and it will be a comically large bag of money that Triple H will be handing over to Sasha. Um, I feel like that's still up in the air, but you need those two. They're too talented to not. And I I mean, if, if, if Athena is any indication... And considering the... And no disrespect to uh, Ember Moon... But consider the difference in star power between a Naomi and an Ember Moon. And just don't want that slip into the other side. No, 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 you don't. No. It, it's, it, it's a, it's a, the, you know, I thought that the tournament was kind of scattershot. It, it never mm. really felt as important as it should have. And you look at back when they made the announcement and they did the whole disparaging of Sasha and, you know, we're going to start this tournament and the tournament didn't even start then. It started like so much later. Mm. And, you know, granted, there were a few injuries that may have, you know, helped it get here. But I I, I will tell you, I don't... Um, 
I don't know if if putting the belt on the two people that they chose to go with was the right decision. It it feels strange, but I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping something comes out of this. And the the whole thing that I kept thinking, and and of course we can't book it ourselves. You know, the lights go out, and you got Naomi and Sasha coming out, and it's like if you're gonna do that, is are these the two people <laughs> that we would have booked? Naomi and Sasha to come back against with, you know, uh, Aaliyah. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And, and that's the thing is the only thing that worries me about this, I hope, I hope at very least that they're um, going to push these two as a team because if this belt, because the team you picked made it still feel like this belt was going to be an albatross. And that's exactly the problem that they had with it before. So I do sincerely hope that uh, they're going to take this division seriously, that they're going to take the women that compete in it seriously, and that we're building towards um, having it more often or included in in these shows more often, included in pay-per-views more often. Mm -hmm. Do I expect the women's tag team to be included in every pay-per-view that WWE has going forward? No. Should it be on probably at least half of them? Yeah, I would think so. And if you don't have programs for uh, these women because you don't really have a women's tag division, well, that's something that you can build. You, I mean, I would hope if, uh, among other things, I think the biggest change I've seen so far in the quote-unquote Triple H era is that it's starting to look like the secondary championships mean something again. Yep. The IC title is starting to feel like it means something. The uh, and, and certainly, uh, I will say, the, um, the United States title is starting to feel like it means something a little bit too. So that's good. Now we got to start working for the tag di- or on these tag division things, which tricky with the men's because the Usos is kind of a weird situation. Um, and I really hope that they get those titles away from the Usos at some point because having them have to get beat up every every time they come out um, to help Roman and have them get beat up by whoever the main eventer of the week that Roman's feuding with isn't helping them because, oh, by the way, these guys are also the tag champions and the only tag champions. Um, yeah, I, I ultimately I do hope that the, the result that we get of this is that we're going to get a women's tag division that actually feels like it means something. And, you know, in the world where we're now, you know, for the first time ever, we're looking at a post-Vince McMahon wrestling product. And we know the the about Vince and how he felt about tag teams. So because of how he felt about tag teams, they weren't real tag teams. It was just two people you put together until they decide they want to turn on each other because it, it wasn't there. So them making this women's championship belt, now it would be nice to really see some women's tag team wrestling, not two random people together. The same way we got the Hart Foundation, the Rockers, like 
Yeah, am I to believe that there are not two women that want to get together and do tag team finishing moves and have you know outfits and packaging and all of that? So now, hopefully, moving into the Triple H era, we're getting to see a bigger emphasis on the bell to bell product in the ring, meaning we're getting full matches and good matches sometimes two and three commercial break segment matches and now the belts are meaning something so hopefully this even though i felt like that may have been a misstep hopefully this is the first step to making those belts mean something and now we can get women's wrestling going um before we move off on this topic because i just want to make sure that i'm under i'm remembering correctly uh, with the exception of the Boss and Hug connection, which is kind of their tag team name, was the last named tag team, women's tag team in the women's division uh, the Iconics? Or has there been one since then? It's a, it's a good question. I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah you stopped me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what speaks values. And that's, I feel like that's my point. Mm-hmm. If a tag team doesn't have a name, are they really a tag team? Right. And the Iconics were a good tag team. Yeah, I know they a were. lot of people felt some type of way when they won those belts, but I will never understand taking a legitimate tag team and splitting them up and not having anything for either of them to do. <laughs> like, yeah, was, I, I'll give you that. And was, you know what's, yeah. what's sad to me is, <laughs> and we're, gonna, we're going on about this, but that's fine. Um, we don't have Jack on very often, so we can go on about women tag team. <laughs> Uh, when the iconic split, like I always thought, okay, Peyton Royce, she's the one to go forward. But Billy Kay was the more entertaining one. Yes, she, she was. was the more entertaining one, and, and that might have been because Peyton Royce wasn't featured. But when Billy Kay had her small moments of just going backstage, getting people to look at her headshots, so it was great, phenomenal every time. Yep, phenomenal yep. every time. So th- those are two that two women I'd like to see come back. Absolutely. That, that carried that carried uh, a good like third of a rumble. It's true. It's true. Um, which I'll get like I'll give credit. That's that's pretty amazing. And then she was on commentary. Like that was it was good. Um, we'll move on. Uh, I might be stalling a little bit. Cause I don't know if I super want to talk about this. But <laughs> Rylan, what's up? With, what's up with your man Riddle? Well, he's got his first name back. Well, it's not that. There it you seems go. Like, let, let's let's talk about like before we even get into this. Everyone's getting their names back. Which I, I Austin Theory's got his name back. Uh, Angel Garza's got his name back. Like Triple H is is throwing names back at people left, right. <laughs> he is. You uh, got a yeah. name. Yep. You're getting your last name. You're getting your he's, first name he's back. The Oprah of first names. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. Look under your seat. There's your there's your middle name. We can call Cody Rhodes Cody Rhodes again. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Butch, look under your seat. No, you're still yes. Butch. You have three so more weeks sad. of being butch. That's so sad. <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, this whole situation. So on Monday, Riddle and Seth Rollins had quite the heated promo. A few F-bombs were dropped. Uh, yep. But most notably, Seth Rollins made a comment about Riddle's family. Uh, how about how his uh, his wife divorced him? His kids don't want to see him anymore. Um, it was, don't get me wrong, major heat. There was some heat there. Um, I'll go on the record to say there was some definite heat there, but I think in this situation, we're dancing on a fine line between reality and fiction. And 
Matt Riddle's life is a complicated one. Talking, uh, this is a guy who is very lucky to be in the position he's in right now, considering the allegations levied against him years ago. And his attitude since then has kind of been really nonchalant about it, which, I mean, to, you know, uh, your, your standard wrestling fan who isn't paying attention to these things means nothing. But to guys who cover it, like myself, Kyle, and even you, Jack, who, who pays attention to the behind the scenes, this is a yep. guy who, again, very lucky to be in the position he's in. Uh, so it's, it's, I feel like it's dangerous to talk about these things on TV. And and like I like Triple H and what he's doing right now with, with the product. I think it's it's a positive step in the right direction. But like, man, like this one was heavy. Kyle, let's start with you on this. You are walking the finest of lines. And you, when you are on a fine line, it is best to tiptoe. Now, Seth Rollins's character at this point, I, I can't believe Seth Rollins is still a heel. But Seth Rollins' character at this point is like um the that real asshole that you you didn't you don't remember inviting to any parties, but he's always at <laughs> He's about four drinks in, and he's talking about the stuff that I feel like we all agreed as a group that we was going to keep quiet. And and Seth out here uh, saying the quiet part out loud, and that has been his character for the last... I mean, like... I mean, that was his character when he, he showed up uh, to wrestle uh, Roman Reigns wearing the doing the shield entrance. Like, yep. that's it, his his character is best described as a shit disturber, which is fine up until the point where we're talking about stuff that WWE very much does not want you to talk about. And especially after, you know, when these allegations came up, there were people who felt, uh, you know, uh, his ex-wife felt that they didn't do a very good job with that investigation. Um, to bring this stuff up now feels a little bit uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I would I would think about it before, Certainly. before, uh, yeah. And, and not only that, like, Matt, Matt Riddle's one one Google away from essentially being a character that could yep. be very, very poorly looked at by the media, or by not only the media, but the public. Yes. Like, this is this is a situation where, like you said, Kyle, it's a fine line. Jack, why don't you give us your opinion on this? You know, it's looking at, in some of the stuff that they do, like, like you know, in this, in this day and age, we have to work harder to work each other. So, we're always looking for the the buzzword like you know well man that although this is scripted that felt real you know and so just just watching this and watching the way they did it even going off with the camera and then okay we're cutting off you know we're cutting off the microphone and we good okay well now we're going to have this conversation on camera and now they're going to show you and when they show it to you it's like okay this is clearly what you want us to see um it's it, you know I think about Velveteen Dream and everything that happened with that, and it's like you keep playing with that line. There are some people that, that this stuff happens. You look at Enzo and they get him out of there, and other people they get out of there. But then with this one, it's like 
you you can't really control what comes out of Pandora's box in this this day and age. Like, the, the, I, I remember when it when the allegations first came out, and that was one of the things that you know the Matt Riddle basically said that the girl was lying, and she's like, "Oh, I'm lying." Well, here's the video. <laughs> you know, so once that stuff starts happening, you you just man, you you're walking on a fine line. Seth Rollins is. Hey, I've heard him described as the, the, the asshole in the DMV that everybody just wants to leave because he's just doing too much always, yes. saying the wrong thing at the wrong time, and, and it, it's Seth, and he, he's Mr. Tweet and Delete, all of that. So, like you said, they're walking a fine line. It It is entertaining, but is it going to stay entertainment value when now we're looking for the next shoot comment and we're looking for the next thing and it's like like we said you know at, at a certain point you can't just hit somebody with a chair you got to pull out a gun and shoot them you know because it just keeps going further and further and further and further so we'll see yeah i'm, I'm with you 100 it's uh it's you, I mean, you got to be careful with this stuff because that's that's a real it's a real easy way to get yourself into a, a whole heap of trouble. And the reality is that's the tricky thing with a character like Riddle. Riddle's character is pretty goofy. He's aloof. He is um, not somebody that you're necessarily supposed to take horribly. See. Yeah. I yeah, he's not necessarily somebody that you're supposed to take horribly seriously um, until he gets in the ring, and then obviously he's 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 a great wrestler. But it's it's I mean that's the thing is for those types of characters, it, it was the same thing for for RVD. That stuff's funny up until then the legal troubles start, and then okay, this isn't really I, I'm not enjoying this joke anymore. And so. even looking at looking at it from like Riddle is a legitimate MMA fighter, yes. <laughs> like you know, like all that comes with that type of reputation. So you know, when it comes to starting to put shoot stuff in here, and now they're in a the match shooting on each other, like we know potentially what that could look like. So it's it's really about how how do they, you know, control this situation enough. So it can stay entertainment value and not turn into a, a, a shock situation where we're watching Nia Jackson and uh, uh, Charlotte to see who's throwing live bombs in the ring. Like we don't, we we don't want to see that. We want the entertainment. And you know, when you open that box, you don't know what's going to jump out. Listen, listen. I saw Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle wrestle on a house show two weeks ago. Uh, when those guys th- start throwing live bombs, take my money. Take my money. Uh, that's just, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no, it's it's like I said, like we've all said, a really dicey situation. But is this? Uh, I'll, I'll, I think we should end the news with this question. I'll pose it to both of you. Um, is this the new direction for WWE? Kyle, I'll start with you. Who? Oh, um. Because it's not the first time we've seen this sort of thing since Triple H has taken over. I agree. I feel like if, in light of recent news, WWE should be aware that opening up the closet and showing off the skeletons uh, might it might get some buzz. It might get you some media attention. 
uh, from the Wall Street Journal. Um, <laughs> but, uh, maybe, maybe it's not going to reflect very positively on the company. You have to be very aware of what the what those skeletons are, uh, because again, if you're going to open things up for for that kind of stuff, uh, there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do it. And I feel like the other thing is, especially before you get into hurt feelings, talk to both people, have them sit down and be and say these are the things you're allowed to talk about, and this is the off limit stuff. Mm-hmm. Because if you if you have because that's like the last thing you need is for a particularly fiery feud to turn into uh, a shoot, especially if you're going to put it on a, a major show. You, you just don't need you don't need people you know fight actually fighting it out. And I, I think I think you make make a good point about the direction that we're going and i'll tell you something that 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 i'm seeing in the triple h era that that i have optimism about and number one it's it's the emphasis on the championships and making it feel like you know the each belt has a lineage and that lineage is getting added too often and sometimes you know you don't want to you don't want to divorce yourself from the amount of time that these belts have been in rotation that's equity you cash in on that so it's nice to see that cash in on i think it's also nice to see that if you look at some of the stuff that they're doing just as far as some sometime the show starts and it's a fight going on and they got to stop the pyro like like little stuff like that or stuff is happening in the background that they're not paying off yet and then now you can go back and look at it and it's like we are the generation that that appreciates easter eggs we're the generation yes. that appreciates uh yeah. watching the end credit scene to see what's next so some of those aspects he's putting into the product it's a more respectful product because of course we all know vince they don't remember that they don't remember that. They don't remember that. Like this generation is looking for the callback. We're looking for the joke. We're looking for the, you know, how are you going to, I mean, you don't want to insult your audience. And I feel like we're getting a better product based off some of those things. Of course, it's not going to be just night and day. He inherited a lot, but I like the fact that he's doing the work sometimes silently and not overtly hey look at this thing is happening it's happening in the background if you look at uh, uh what was the guy uh dexter lomas you know you look at him getting snatched out the first couple times they didn't draw a lot of attention to it and it's like if this were real that's how that would be conducted you get them out the camera goes to something else like that type of stuff that type of effort makes us feel like we're being respected as fans and we're watching it with a different eye because now we feel like it, there's going to be some payoff for all the stuff that we're looking at. So that's my my positive look towards where we're heading. The only thing that I'm concerned about is that Dexter Loomis is going to show up on Raw in three weeks with Miz's giant balls. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's my concern. But, I mean, hopefully Miz's giant balls can stay off our television and we don't have to worry. Boy. 
Kyle, we haven't done 43 minutes of news in some time. <laughs> uh, you're not kidding. Um, we will, with, with apologies to, to, to our producer, RJ, but I guess this hopefully will be a little bit less work today, uh, today yeah. but we'll see. I'm sure he'll, he'll drop something in here. Um, that'll be it for news, unless there's anything else we want to talk about. I got nothing. Let's Think dive into this show. Um, we're going to do the recap really quickly. We got a John Moxley promo, which let the big piece that came out of it was that he dropped an open contract into the middle of the ring, which was picked up by a steal. We'll get to that later. Jericho was backstage cutting a promo. He was approached by Daniel Garcia, who the two uh, briefly reconciled. Brian Danielson defeated Jake Hager in the opening match. In the post-match, the Jericho, the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yes! Um, yes! <laughs> the pinnacle sports <laughs> entertainers. Um, <laughs> anyway... Them boys came out and beat up Danielson. Jericho tried to hit him with a chair, but Garcia took the chair away, which allowed Danielson to hit him with the psycho knee. The wingmen were out talking about their TV time. Um, you know, there's a whole women's division who would appreciate getting on TV too. Um, but apparently we need to make time for Peter Avalon. Fortunately, they were beaten up by W. Morrissey. And then my man Bivens, uh, Stokely Hathaway came out, and uh, we will talk about that more later, I am sure. We had a Will Ospreay and United Empire uh, backstage interview, which was interrupted by Don Callis, who was in a very praise-happy mood. Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida defeated Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Hikaru Shida got a pin. On on Baker? Yes. <laughs> Imagine that. I mean, it's, it's not like she was a champion for 150-some-odd days. No, wait, she was? Oh, that's great. Um, Kip Sabian cut a video. Remember Kip Sabian? Um, uh, he is... He's going to be. Uh, we do remember Kip Sabian enough to put him on the pre-show, um, but this was the video was very good. We had a Miro promo. He was joined by Darby Allen and Sting. It looks like uh, Miro is going to be. It's going to be a trios match, and that's going to be fire. <laughs> CM Punk cut a promo. And Ace Steel came out there and promoted with him. Yeah, uh, CM Punk is going to go out there, and apparently all of Chicago is going to fight John Moxley on Sunday. Um, I feel like we're going to have words about that promo later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, JR had a sit-down with Jungle Boy and Christian. Man, this is, this is a, there was a lot of builds on this show. There's a lot of crazy build. Um, FTR and Wardlow beat... I got the jobbers' names. Silas Young, Ren Jones, and Vic Capri. Good Silas on you. Young is not a jobber. Silas Young. I know. Ring of Honor, former, former Ring of Honor TV champion. I am aware. <laughs> he looks like uh, Uncle Daryl. Yeah, look, I am aware, but... 
Was how was he used today? Was he presented as a former Ring of Honor champion? Something they could have mentioned, seeing as they're taking on Jay Lethal and other people with Ring of Honor experience at the pay per view. Boy, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was he was closer. He was closer to actually being Uncle Daryl than he was to being a Ring of Honor. Um. Anyway, uh, we got a second John Moxley promo. Then. Dark Order, we're backstage, and uh, Evil Uno is gonna fight with Dark Order uh, until Andrade beat him with a with a with a um, a crutch, and Jose Jose the assistant out here with a taser, <laughs> full Scott Hall two thousand. Yes, right yes, yes. Oh, sorry. For sorry, end of nineteen ninety nine. Anyway. <laughs> Wheeler Yuta defeated Ray Phoenix, Roosh, and Dante Martin in a four-way match. Then Dark Order approached Hangman Page, who's going to actually be in the trios match against the best friends on Rampage. Finally, we had the trios match to see who the winner of that will face. And the Elite defeated the United Empire. So Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are on their way to All Out. There's a lot on this show in terms of honorable mentions. Um, so first of all, we all have our, our top fives ready. Yeah. Okay. I'll start. We'll say guests first. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions, Chef Jack, that you would like to to tell the world about? Oh my God! It was just. It, I mean, it so, it was so much. Um, I, I guess you know one of one of the honorable mentions would just be the the card, like how how quickly the card just kind of fell out, like just the entire card that that is actually happening. What a couple of days from now, yep. it just kind of rolled the whole thing out. Like that's an honorable mention in itself. Tony Khan style. That's how he does. <laughs> if you look back at all the. All the other pay-per-views he does, he has got eight matches going into the last week of the pay-per-view, and then suddenly we've got fourteen. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That, like that he realizes he has got this giant roster, um, and I feel like another maybe booked on Rampage too. Like I got this feeling, you know what I mean? Like outside of the tri- the the trios title match. So I'll go through mine. I had a lot. Uh, Justin Roberts introducing Kenny Omega was fantastic uh we found out a lot about uh kenny omega's history against will osprey yes uh both in the ring and outside um including the fact that he does more charity work than will osprey and outsold him in merch in new japan Um, i i do believe both of those things (laughs) um and and the match did not take place in north carolina that's factual um, the women's tag match, which would normally be like a number number three on this show uh, for me, uh, I have to leave it as honorable mention. This is a really good show. That was a really good tag match, and you know what? I'll, I'll, a separate honorable mention for Hikaru Shida having an actual finisher. Yes. Yeah. No more running knees. She's out here with a tornado kick, and it's great. Um. Miro's promo normally easy uh, candidate for the sh- for the uh, the top five. Uh, I will say, 
Sting's appearance is more intimidating than his voice. <laughs> Showtime, folks! <laughs> he just sounds like any any regular like Skip Magoo. You know what I mean? Like he's he's the guy who shows up at the park with his khakis on or his shorts that are way too high. Yep. Uh, uh, but I mean, you're right. When when you just look at him, you're like, God damn, that's a scary looking motherfucker. <laughs> And he speaks, and you're like, ah, it's just chips. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, my man Miro is out here delivering. Uh, I think he's now, I think he's now turned on God a little bit. Um, <laughs> he's, well, he's, he's, been on God. God. he's 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 been turned against God for months. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, honorable mention for Jose the assistant having a taser. <laughs> honorable mention of the Kip Sabian video. This was yeah. really good. Here's yeah. And finally, I'll give one more to Hager Danielson. I thought this was a really good match and a great way to start on the show. And those two have surprisingly great chemistry. Boy, yes. <laughs> um, that's So that's all the stuff I thought was honorable mention. Um, Ryland, do you have any others you wanted to mention? I, well, I mean, I, I agree with everything on your list. Let's see, Nero Sting's done... Mm-hmm. Uh, women's women's match. I liked the fact that again it was before nine fifteen. So yeah. and it was a really, really, really great uh, finishing sequence. Like yes. the, the last five minutes of this match just picked and like it was a good match. Don't get me wrong, but that last five minutes made it a great match. Yep. And and uh, I also have uh, W Morrissey. Uh, I thought he looked great. Just just phenomenal. This guy. He he in in great shape. Uh, he, I mean, don't get me wrong. He was beating up the, the what, what are they, the, the best men? Or, uh, uh, they are, uh, their faction apparently is called the wingmen. Yeah. The wing, they're the wingmen. So they're the guys not getting late. No <laughs> shocker. No yeah. shocker here. The, the oh. Dolph Ziggler's brother should lead that group. Um, anyway, no, W. Morrissey, I think looked great. And I really love Stokely Hathaway stealing him away. Yep. I really love that. Stokely Hathaway is making himself it, it, like it's like Jack was saying earlier with the Easter eggs. Ja- Stokely Hathaway has not been on a lot of dynamite over the last few weeks, but those tiny little bits recruiting these guys who you're not necessarily thinking are, are you know, guys that you're going to be seeing on TV forever. He's grabbing them and he's making them into a faction. And I'm very yep. excited to see what this faction is going to be. Uh, so, so far, uh, if if my memory is correct, the faction is All Ego, Ethan Page, The Gun Club, and W. Morrissey. And I still mm. want one week where they're all baddies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want w. to see W. Morrissey. W. Morrissey, w. Morrissey w. would make a great baddie. In, in, in a... In a, uh, a button-up shirt tied up at the belly. I... I I want to see this on Rampage. <laughs> Full baddie mode. I love it. Yes. I love it. Um, so let's get into our top fives. Um, Jack, why don't you hit us with your number five? So, I, you know, I I think what I'm going with for the for the number the number five is is Lionheart. So I mean. For me, I'm I'm trying to I'm I'm going back and I'm trying to remember. Like I know when when he did he does the pain maker. Like he has so many different personas that he goes with. 
Lionheart is a little weird just because that was something a very young Chris Jericho and it's almost like they're passing it off as if the Lionheart was like this you know uh, uh, era of Chris Jericho history that is that is strongly remembered and it's not so just to kind of watch him and Daniel Bryan play off each other because I know what we're going to get because we know that Bryan is one of the best in the world and Chris Jericho is one of the best character uh, uh, wrestlers in reinventing itself so I think that's going to be interesting and that's something that you know they didn't stick out at the top but I think Lionheart versus American Dragon is going to be something special to watch. That's a that's a good that's a good choice. Um, the Daniel Garcia thing is also going to be an interesting to watch for. Yeah, and I do think like Daniel Garcia is an interesting character because he reminds me a lot of both of them. Yeah, especially when they were younger. Uh, of Jericho and of Danielson, he's he's got a lot of that in him, um, which yeah, that's that's high praise. But he's definitely worthy of it. Ryland, number five for you. And before I hit my number five, I did have two more honorable mentions. Uh, <laughs> Hangman enters the tournament. I, I was I dug that. I dug that a lot. And the Jungle Boy promo I thought was fantastic. Yes. Uh, I thought that was great. It's building up that match on Sunday. Nobody really knows what's going to happen on Sunday, but I'm, I'm going to watch. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. excited. Um, my number five, however, was Danielson and Hager, which you mentioned on your honorable mentions. I thought these guys were great together. Mm-hmm. I thought that uh, it was two guys going in there, and you're like, okay, Danielson's great. Hager's good. Um, but we've seen it. We've seen it in WWE 100 times. So what is it going to be? And it was a really, really good 15-minute match. Yeah. Yep. It was kind of everything you needed it to be. They were yep. they were technical. They went back and forth. Uh, got to show off some of... Um, Hager got to show off some of the power, which let Danielson, who's always better fighting underneath, he got to do that. It was just sort of hit all the, hit all the notes. Which good that's kind of what it was supposed to do um my number five and rylan's gonna yell at me um <laughs> the open contract from moxley and i also include the punk promo on this okay mm-hmm. i separated I, them just so you're aware yes i i know but like to me this all this stuff all ties together and um a a a great assist this week from Ace Steel. Boy. Who, boy, for a person I've never really heard of before, he sure did have a lot of fire. Um, yes. And I, I think he was, it was a good, I do appreciate the, the idea of CM Punk needing a wake-up call. And I think that he carried on with that promo, to, delivering a really, but he fired up the crowd, which, I mean, he's CM Punk, so he's going to do that. But I think he did, like, he delivered a great promo. He made me more interested in the match. Mm-hmm. He is clearly, clearly still passionate about doing this. The match is going to be, good it's going to be a bloody mess but it will be it'll be it'll be a spectacle to watch for sure and yeah i think and 
it's so fitting in Moxley's character to sign a contract for a title match and then just be like, okay, here, somebody take it. I don't yeah. care who I wrestle. I'm just, we all know how this match is going to go. I'm going to bleed. They're going to bleed. Moxley matches have to go on. Yeah. Moxley matches have to go on last because they can't clean up the canvas after. after there the you go. <laughs> Might as well go ahead and replace it. Um, yeah. I, I think I do wish this one. And I know. I will say, there's another match that I think needs a street fight or some sort of stipulation to it more. But I do wish this one did have a stipulation. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily need one. I know AEW is not sort of huge on using stipulations to begin with. But I do think this one could have potentially used one. Um, that's all I'll say about that. I thought the, the promos were great. And... Uh, the build to this match was was very good. Uh, Jack, you're number four. Now, so I, I will get back to that one because that is on my list. Yes. Uh, so, but we'll, we'll get back there. So I think my number four um, is just the, the, the difference between we're not getting Jungle Boy, we're getting Jack Perry versus Chris. Yes. So just to just to look at that, I mean, there, for, for me, this whole feud has been, like I say, you, you in in a way, sometimes as wrestling fans, we're now starting to get rewarded for paying attention. And if you think about like all of the stuff that he was doing and saying to to Jungle Boy over time, like it was just like, damn. It's a little disrespectful, but he was still with him. And how long we watched, like, is this the time you go turn on him? Is this the time? And you watch, you watch, you watch. And then you see the step that, you know, what all went on with, with, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the dinosaur <laughs> looking yes. at that part of it. And it's like, okay, so now he's beating up, you know, jungle boys, like trying to, understand what the hell is even happening and every week it just goes deeper and deeper and then now you're talking about the the, the jungle boy's daddy being dead it's just like damn what are we doing and to listen to this and to hear him say you are not gonna fight jungle boy you about to fight jack perry like that that distinction if nothing i don't know how this match is gonna go but I'm here for it <laughs> because we've been paying attention at the breadcrumbs for a long time. I don't know what the hell is going on with Luchasaurus. I don't know why he was working for Christian for a period of like, I'm so confused, but I'm so invested because we've paid attention. So, yes, Jack Perry wrestling <laughs> is my number four. Oh, believe me, we will be talking about that more later. Can, can I just put a petition out there? Can I put a petition out there for Luchasaurus to always be known as, from this point forward, as the dinosaur? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I dig that way better. Luchasaurus sounds ridiculous in comparison. Uh, uh, Ryland, watch it as your number four. My number four was the Fatal Four Way. Uh, this match was great. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not gonna like. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. My next two picks are promos. So the, my top five list is promo heavy this week. 
but I could not shy away from the fact that Dante Martin, Ray Phoenix, uh, Wheeler Duda, and uh, God, who what was the other guy in this match? Who was the other guy in this match? Bruce. Bruce. Yeah, Bruce. Uh, they had this incredible, what, like, again, 10, 15 minute match on TV yeah. today. And, 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 and you know what? After like, what's amazing is like after this main event, like it almost felt like that match happened on the same card. <laughs> but like, but that's AEW. That's that's watching Dynamite every week, right? Like you, you have to prepare yourself for it's not a marathon. It's a sprint. Yep. It's definitely a sprint. And this match was a sprint. Uh, some of the most incredible stuff. I, I like I want to see more of Dante Martin Ray Phoenix. Yeah, I think those two. Let's just let's let's you know what I know that we got a lot of titles in, in AEW already, but let's do a cruiserweight title and let's have those two feud for it or feud over it for like a year. Shut up and take my money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we will we will be hearing more about that match later. Let me tell you. Um, my number four was uh, uh, my man's out here is, is seven feet tall and you can't teach that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you you loved it. You loved I am it. ready for Stokely Hathaway's uh gang of a- of angry of angry boys. <laughs> um He has he has gathered together quite a crew and I am very much looking to see to the, see the squad uh that he's putting together and see what they're about. And frankly, I really hope that if W Morrissey gets the opportunity to be the heavy for Ethan Page, and this is the, Ethan Page's push for, you know, getting some like, actual title opportunities because he is the total package. He can talk. He's great on the mat. Uh, he he's got a great look. He can deliver it. The Gun Club Canadian. They, Canadian. Yes, he's a, he is Canadian. Um, the Gun Club is in the conversation for most improved over this last year because. If you had told me a year from now that I'd be excited to see the Gun Club, great point. <laughs> um, listen, listen, okay. Um, yeah, and and then obviously W. Morrissey is this very domineering, very stoic figure, and giving him a guy like Stokely Hathaway who can. The one thing that we said about Big Cass was the promo is the promo game is fine um but he can play a brooding domineering angry large man who kicks people in the face really well and i'm more than happy for him to do that and have stokely do the talking because stokely can talk and stokely being in charge i mean he's at this point he's got half the roster signed up um, uh, I'm excited to see what, and it was really cool when Tony Schiavone is telling him or asking him about it, and he's he's doing the Nunya business uh, move, which I'm very. It is my business. I want to know, Stokely. <laughs> So hey guys, just, we got a show it, to do, goddamn. Yeah, it just leads it leads me to it leads me to look forward to something after the pay per view. They clearly have something brewing, and it's exciting. It's nice to see, and even if this isn't like a main a main event uh, collective, it's exciting to see stories in the mid card that are interesting and and brewing and and uh, sort of rich in the show even more. Yeah, I just say Hathaway's face as he was uh, coming down the aisle, heading towards <laughs> W. Morrissey. That was all I needed. 
like that. He, <laughs> just looking at him like, oh, I should have found you earlier. Look at his face. And, and, and honestly, like I don't want to, I don't want to like talk, like spend too much time on this, but like Morrissey looked amazing. Yes, great. And I don't mean like just even just physically. I mean like his his in ring stuff looked good. Everybody he he landed moves on. He that final choke slam. That final choke slam where he held Peter Avalon in the air for like a solid fifteen seconds, like this was great. Yes. Yeah. Am I three? Yeah, you were at your number three. So my number three, and you can't teach that. Yes. <laughs> Look exactly what you guys are saying, like. Man, Stokely Carmichael is—he is a gem in every sense of the word. Yes. I don't care how small the segment is; he rewards those that pay attention. Whenever you see him with the with the baddies, he's always—it's always so much. So to see him picking out a stable, I don't know where this is going, but I will tell you, Morrissey is. Money, not Mella. <laughs> Money, and I'm yes. saying, I'm, I'm. I mean, he's out there, and it's just like, man, I used to see this dude all the time on WWE. He never looked imposing as he did tonight, and to have Stokely to be the mouthpiece, like, ooh, we gonna sell some tickets. <laughs> we gonna sell some tickets, and you can't teach that. That's my number three. Um, I today I learned that Stokely Hathaway is younger than I am, and now I'm oh. sad. Oh, bro, don't, don't do that. He is uh, November twelfth, nineteen ninety, which is about two months uh, born, about two months after I was. Wow. Um, Thank God. Like. For a guy who's 31 to be maybe the best manager in all of wrestling, that's yep. mad impressive. And has been it for a while. Like, yep. you know, I can't, I, I still can't believe WWE let him go. And his Twitter game might be the best in wrestling. Holy. His tweet, his tweet about Kevin Nash. <laughs> This week puts out a tweet going, I can't believe Kevin Nash has a strain coming out. I'm just going to take one and, and, and you just be thinking about FUBU and titties. Like, oh, this is just it's fucking great. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. That's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Uh, and it makes, and that's the thing. Him on Twitter makes me excited for the wrestling all week, too. Yes. Yep. It's, yes. It's been upping the rest of the roster's Twitter game, too. And it's <laughs> his, his minor feud he's had going with Chris Statlander was kind of fantastic. Um, we'll move on. Uh, Rylan, your number three. Uh, my number or, three was... Uh, yeah, your number three, sorry. Okay. My number three was Punk's promo. Um, I thought this was great. I, my only complaint about this promo is that, and it's why I put it at number three instead of number two, uh, I, I I liked how, what Ace Steel added to this, but my question is, who the fuck is Ace Steel? <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and 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 that's my biggest thing is we've never seen this guy before ever on Dynamite, and all of a sudden he was this huge character on tonight's episode. 
And don't get me wrong, like he explained who he was. He explained the importance of why he was there. But it just felt like it was kind of out of nowhere. And it didn't really feel like it made much sense. But it, the, like you said, Kyle, like the, the, the pep talk that turned Punk into this guy who was able to, you know, take his sweater off and jump into the crowd and challenge Moxley to this match. It ended up being really great. Yes. Um, but I do feel like there was a bit of a disconnect for me when it came to this this A Steel guy just coming in here and and like I, I'm not gonna lie to you like when I was watching the beginning of the show and Moxley had his promo I, I I missed this guy's name so like I had no idea who was coming out here I was like okay so why is this guy just coming to give him the contract like no he's coming to cut out an actual like heartfelt promo and uh, yeah so like it just for me was that was the only disconnect that's why it landed at number three. For me. That's fair. Um, my number three was the JR sit down with Christian and Mad Jack Perry. Yep. This this bill and this is we're talking about Riddle and Seth uh, Rollins. This build is everything the, the exactly the way you want to build this kind of story. These two came at each other with everything mm-hmm. they they laid everything bare they were they went at each other there's a clear uh there's a clear hatred in the between these two characters and i do and yeah uh, the the added idea of um, uh, you know a mentor figure being uh, betraying you is is a very it makes a very very interesting story and it leads to a really fascinating match where you have so many different things, angles that you can think about this. Um, we've seen these two wrestle before, and they're both kind of similar in style. They're both fairly technical wrestlers. They're both uh, very cerebral wrestlers. You get, which, I mean, for, for a guy Jungle Boy's size, you kind of expect him to be more of a high flyer, but he's as much a technician as he is uh, a, a, a flying wrestler. And then on top of that, uh, you got Christian's injury, whether or not that's going to play a factor into it. What are we doing with Luchasaurus? Because we haven't seen him in a couple weeks. Yep. And don't get me... And you know, you can tell me he is, he's buddy-buddy with Jungle Boy as much as you want. That mask's still black. <laughs> he's still... He's still he, <laughs> he slammed Pat Buck and has yet to apologize. <laughs> I remember AW. Other people might not remember. I do. So, uh, yeah. All of this leads me to be excited to see this match. I'm excited to see where this is going. And, I mean, there are three really good blood feuds going into this pay-per-view. You've got Moxley and Punk. You've got uh, Hobbs and Starks, which didn't get any feature on this show, but those two have been at each other. And then you have this one. And it's really cool in between all of these, uh, the title matches that we're going to get to get these really deeply personal, angry matches in the middle of it and to see where all this is going. And I very much look forward to seeing what we're going to be doing uh, with Jack Perry. And I also look forward to seeing, are we carrying forward with Jack Perry? Because, uh, yeah, 
I'm on board with this. I'm on board with Jack Perry. Mm-hmm. Not, enough, not enough Jacks at wrestling. Just going to say. Tell me about it since we lost New Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, go, going going into my number two, and, and, and this is to, to, to piggy bank on the on the promo, on the just the entire Moxley CM Punk dynamic man um to see like i it was lost on me at first a steel i had no idea like i mean i saw him come out pick the contract up i'm like i don't i don't know why he's doing that is he gonna have somebody sign in the back i don't know but to to watch cm punk start cutting that promo and tearing up again it's like oh shit here we go again yeah injured himself uh, you know, we're going to get the whole, you know, uh, sad punk. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I got to go away and I'll be back. And you're going to get. And when Ace Steel, who I had no idea who he was, came out there and got in that ring. And you see, see like when CM Punk acknowledged his, his, his sister, like you see him tearing up. And that's, man, you can't, like, you're making me feel something. And then when Talk Ace about, about W. Morrissey, you can't teach that. You can't teach that. When Ace Steel slapped him, and it's like, what the hell am I seeing? And when it was, it, it just came full circle. And it was, it was almost like this is the battery that he needed. He needed that. Now we get the match, because this entire time, since they had that match out of nowhere and it was a squash, we've all been looking like, so what are we doing? Is MJF coming? Like, what's happening? And through the course of this show, they slowly unfolded. And they could have did the, the WWE 30-minute promo, everybody come out after music and this person come out. They didn't. They gave it to you in stages. And by the time CM Punk walked into that crowd chills chills just the he it was like yes CM Punk and Chicago about to whoop your ass Mox <laughs> that's what it <laughs> felt like it's like yeah. you are about to fight the entire second city and they gonna burn your ass to the ground and that's what it felt like and just to go back and forth and you hear what, 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 you know, Moxley has to say about it. And, you know, just the whole build has been fat. I, I was so lost thinking like, damn, is he re-injured? You know, he did. He just told us about his foot. He got 10 stitches in his foot and he got the metal plate. And I'm like, is he done? Are we? And by the end of it, I was like, fuck yeah, take my money. Let's go. Let's do it. This, this, (laughs) this is happening. By the end of that, I could not wait. A show that I'm like, what's the main event? By the end of this promo, shut up and take my money. I'm in the movie theater just like this, eating popcorn. <laughs> I, I'm very much looking forward to it. I mean, that's the thing. They they just did a really good job building up a match that... And to go from a week ago where they, they ended the match with a squash that no one saw coming... Ooh. And to build it to now, this is this is really good. This is really well done, and it's going to make this match fascinating. And no matter the result, this match is going to be fascinating. Yep. Um, Rylan, you're number two. 
Uh, it's it's still this promo. It's the Mox, <laughs> it's the Moxley half this time. Uh, I thought Mac, Moxley did a little bit better. Than, I, like, look, the, I, for me, Moxley didn't have a disconnect. There wasn't the A-Steel situation, right? So Moxley comes out and knows he's going to get booed. Knows th- these are punks people and does it just does it anyway. Comes out, talks about how he's going to kick his ass, and 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 talks about how he's broken and all these things. And I just I thought the opening was great. I thought after Punk came out and he came out again, I just I, I love the fact that this this feud is it's not contained to segments on the show. It's all over the show, and it has been since it really started. Like yep. Ever since these two went face to face they've they've been all over the show and it's it listen like i don't want to like make comparisons to the attitude era but like when stone cold steve austin was on top this guy was on it was in like 17 segments on the show so like it's fun to see stuff like that again i don't know like i i again like jack said like take my money like i'm i'm ready for this match now i didn't i did not think that they were going to be able to like convince me Harder than they did last week on Dynamite to, to watch this match, but they have because yep. now I, I want to see you know CM Punk who's been jacked up by a steal. Now I want to see Moxley in Chicago uh, with with a crowd that doesn't like him. I've I've been part of a crowd like that before, so like I'm I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Yes, buddy. It looks like it's going to be real exciting, and I'm yeah I'm super looking forward to it too. My number two, I think uh, this might be Rollins' number one. Um, it was Elite versus United Empire, the, the trios match. Wow. I had this one number two. This is a really good match. And it was clearly centered around what has been a very interesting feud over the course of the summer of Will Ospreay wanting the glory and wanting the praise and wanting the admiration that Kenny Omega was getting in Japan. And, uh, yeah, there was was a point at which I remember Will Ospreay um, hitting somebody with the one-winged angel and then lifting up his shoulder to kick him out uh, on, I can't remember where the show was, whether it was a show in Britain or something like that, but he's been going at Kenny Omega for a while and to see that sort of resolve itself in this show was great. I thought this was a particularly good showing for Ozzy Open. Yes. Uh, I thought yep. they looked really good. Particularly Kyle Fletcher looked really good in the show. Um, I... And yeah, the the reactions to this is very interesting. Obviously, uh, Omega losing his uh, his protection, his shirt sort of protection there, and uh, getting to fire up and, and finish off the match. Will Osprey looking devastated after the loss was kind of interesting too. And I don't think we're going to see Will Osprey on AEW for a while, but I very much look forward to the next time we get to. Um, and. Yeah, still one of the young stars of this business. Uh, Will Osprey, I think, is still in his twenties. Yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> oh, that makes me sick. That makes me. Sick. <laughs> Will Osprey turned twenty-nine this year. Oh. Um, that was in May, so he's still got all the way until May until he's thirty. Jeez. Uh, man. Will, 
Will Ospreay's debut in wrestling was April 1st, 2012. Wow. For a guy to have gotten to this point in 10 years is wild. And yeah, I very much look forward to seeing what... I'm interested to see what an older, more uh, mature Will Ospreay is going to become... Um, and it is going to look like and where, where we're sort of going with this. But yeah, we will see. Uh, we'll see where we're going with this. Um, but yeah, Kenny Omega, I'm excited to see them in the, the main event too. And I'm very much looking forward to that trios title match. And man, we haven't had a good hangman Omega story in a while. Boy. Yes. Yes. So, more drama, more. I demand more. Bring um, it. Yes. So that's my number two. So I guess I'm going into my number one. Yes. And 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 my number one, it, it it should not be a surprise, but it's where you just came from with number two. And yes. and me particularly, I I I my introduction to Will Ospreay was kind of like the him and Ricochet thing around the Vader time and everybody's looking like, you know, is it acrobatics? Is it a match? Like what's happening? All of just the flipping and flopping. That was my introduction in Osprey. So I do not know a lot about him other than that. So me getting to see him now is, is you know, and, and the way they frame it is important. Like the fact that they put him and Kenny Omega in the same breath often and they let you know like although you may not know who he is the guy that people say is the seven star king of wrestling has his name in his mouth and that that for me not knowing a lot about him to get to see this match and to see the just the the presentation of Kenny Omega like there's nothing better than to like I said, we get we get rewarded when we feel like, you know, we're paying attention. And if you listen to every Kenny Omega entrance, I promise you it's Easter eggs galore. So, I mean, he's just giving you this and he does this better than Osprey. And he did that better than Osprey. It just gives you the entire package. And then the bell rings. And that is the best part. Like when the bell rung and they met in the middle and they went for it. And it's just like, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yes. I did not know a whole lot about Osprey. By the end of this match, I'm I will I have to see that main event. This was a six man, and I'm looking and just to see all of the different incarnations of each other's moves that they were doing like it's so smartly wrestled you know like you you, you can't accuse anybody of being selfish and just trying to get their shit in like everybody they wrestle a pace that is breakneck and it does not ease up and it it it's crisp and it snaps and you just look at you know Oh, you know, uh, uh, Osprey doing the flip out the ring and then Omega just catch him and uh, do the move right there on the ground. And it's just like, shut up and take my money. Like this, this was the <laughs> main event of the night. 
And when it went off, I knew I saw I knew I saw something special. And the biggest thing, this is pro wrestling. I want to see the next chapter. And if you can make me invested enough to want to see the next chapter, now I'm looking at New Japan. Like, what's he doing? Is he talking about Omega over there? I mean, you brought me in. Shut up and take my money. That is my number one. I think the name of the episode is going to be Shut Up and Take My Money. <laughs> it might just be. I feel like I feel like that was the story of today. Uh, Ryland. Give me everything number one. Obviously, also the six-man tag match. Um, it, like, as you both have said in the last two uh, selections there, uh, it, was, it was like a perfect six-man tag match. Uh, I'm going to say this. Uh, I'm not sure what that compression shirt was doing for protection for Omega. I've worn a compression shirt. I did not feel any safer in it. Uh, I feel like if I would have gotten beaten up in it, I would have I would have suffered the same consequences if, like if I did wear it. So there's that. I'm not a doctor. I'm certainly not. But uh, I'm also not an idiot. So like, let's let's calm down with the shirt. Um, the tape makes sense, but like, let's let's relax. This piece of fabric is keeping me alive. Um, anyway, I'll move. I'll move. On. No, the match is perfect. I, I want a big shout out to Matt Jackson. Nick Jackson gets all the love all the time with all his crazy acrobatic stuff. And Matt Jackson was just phenomenal in this match. Uh, you, you all and Aussie Open as well. Like both, I thought both guys had a great showing. I will say about Aussie Open though, uh, I feel like at no point in this match were either of their faces uh, zoomed in on. So if you could put a lineup of guys in front of me and to ask me to find out who Aussie Open is, I still, after the last two weeks, could not tell you who those two guys are. And that's just uh, other than that though, perfect match, perfect, yeah. perfect, perfect. And this is where I have to be uh, be that guy. My number one was a four-way match. Um, I, I like guys doing flippy stuff and going really fast and hitting each other. And as soon as I saw the exchange between Phoenix and Dante Martin, that one-minute exchange at the Open, I was already hooked. <laughs> this ladder match is going to steal this show. Yeah. It's, it's a match yeah. that I keep forgetting about. Yep. Yeah. And that's the thing is it's ba- it's buried in there. There's another match on this on this card that we just we're going to forget about a little bit because, you know, we've got all these title matches and all that other stuff that's going on. But this ladder match has so much wrestling talent in it. And so many guys who are going to do crazy, who are willing to do crazy, crazy things. Yep. Uh, all four of the guys that competed today, and then add in Penta and Claudio Castagnoli and Andrade and someone else. <laughs> who even cares who it is? Don't matter. I don't. <laughs> That's 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 going to be uh, absolute chaos, and yeah, this is a good build towards that. And uh, though um, I do want to go, th- I do want to take the opportunity to 
to go through this card with you guys mm-hmm. really quickly. I know we've we've been running a little bit long, but you know what? It's the go home show. Actually, before we do that, uh, Jack, we'll start with you. What was your rating of this show out of five? Man, 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 man. You know, it's hard to have a perfect show. You know, I, but I would give it a I would give it a strong four and a half. A strong four and a half. So that is a good rating, Rylan. What do you think? Uh, you're gonna be surprised, Kyle, but this one's getting a five. <laughs> this one's getting a five. I don't usually spoil dynamite like that, but uh, it was the hottest girl to dance tonight. So. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of something like I'm trying to think of a show where it's ever been this deep where I sort of had to, you know, look at a, a, like a Miro promo that was fantastic and be like, oh, yeah, that also happened. <laughs> yes. Or, yes. Or Brian Danielson wrestling a great technical, like a solid 15 minute opening technical match and be like, yeah, that was also on the show. This is five. An embarrassment of riches, man. It was. Speaking of, let's talk about the pre show <laughs> of all of the, what they, They've redubbed it. It's no longer the buy in. It is now it, what, what the uh, Ring of Honor one was. What is it? Zero hour? Something like that. Um, I think he's such funny issue. Could take my money. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pac is in one of the best storyline matches coming into this as well, which is a shame that this is going to be on on this show. But Pac and Kip Sabian, fascinating match. I did look it up. Kip Sabian has only wrestled one match since his injury, um, at, and and the uh, surgery he went to after Ar- Arcade Anarchy, which, lest, lest we forget, was March of 2021. Wow. Yeah. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. So it's been a while since we've seen Kip Sabian, and um, I'm excited to see him. And Hook is fighting Angelo Parker, which should just be fun. Yeah. I think that's that is that's I don't know that we need to say more about this uh, this uh, pre-show, but we'll get into the matches on the show. Do you um, think the right matches are on the pre-show? Is it? Would you go in any other order? Or hmm. are you happy with what we're going with for the pre-show? I wish there were a way to fit Pac and Kip Sabian on the show, but Boy. I can't think of another match I would switch it for. So, no, I do think we hit the nail on the head with regards to what is on the show and what is on the pre-show. The only thing I would maybe switch it for is Acclaimed and Serve in Our Glory, but the Acclaimed's way too over. I just yes, can't get rid of them. And that, that match can serve, too, as like a, a break in between. Um, like, not to say that it's not going to be this really ridiculously highly competitive high-flying match, but, like, it's also going to have some of the big power spots that you're going to get with Keith Lee, right? So there's going to be slower tendencies to that match, and it's perfectly placed in between two of these ridiculously high-flying, be it a six-man regular, you know, tag team, or I guess that is the only regular tag team match on the show, isn't it? It is. Uh, or or uh, the ladder match, or, or anything, really. Like, 
And the acclaim is another one. When I hear their music, I perk up because they're going to reward you for paying attention to everything from I, stuff going on with Vince McMahon to, to no telling what they're going to say when they do the rap. I am, I'm always in there. Looking. I am fascinated to see what they're going to say about Keith Lee. Yep. Um, let's see here. We'll get into we'll get into the other matches that are on the show. Uh, the elite are going to be taking on uh, TBD. I think we presume it's going to be Hangman, Silver, and Reynolds. Yeah. Right. Uh, anybody? I, they, anybody want to take a say? You know, the best friends are going to take that spot instead. Nah. As much as I like the best friends, I just don't think they're. I just. I think there's there's too much story with Hangman and Silver Reynolds too. Mm-hmm. And. and then, ooh. Yeah, I think I, I think you're right. But that's a toss up to me. I have no idea who wins the titles. I, I think it's gonna be Hangman in the Dark Order. I think that uh I, I just got this feeling like that they're they wanted the Bucks and Omega for the for the tournament. But they didn't necessarily want to crown them champions first off. The same thing with like the Bucks not being the first ch- tag champions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me ask this, who's the heel? Um, I don't think we have one in that match. I, it, I don't it's, either. It's face <laughs> face. I think we might get a little bit of tease of Buck's heel of mm-hmm. or the, of some heel ish stuff. But I think at the I feel like if we don't hug it out at the end of this, regardless of who wins, then I think they've lost. They've missed out on a, a good story opportunity. So I think this is, a, this is a great place to end the feud between the Young Bucks and Hangman. They were the long-standing, like, bubbling under feud. That was mm-hmm. Speaking of six-man tags, Wardlow and FTR versus Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. Um, I'm excited about this match. I think... I'm interested to see how FTR and Wardlow play off of each other. I do mm-hmm. think that that it was good to see a match with them all together on uh, Dynamite, but yeah, FTR's just, they're so over. Man, they don't miss. They, no. FTR does not miss, and I am respecting uh, what's what in FTR, what's the ball-headed one? Uh, Dax Yeah, like man, he's he's a he's a worker. Like maybe the best. He might be the best hot tag yeah. in wrestling right now. Yeah. It is it is a joy to watch him in the ring. So yeah, I, I think this is gonna be a it's gonna be a good one. Yeah, that's gonna be fantastic. Um, yeah, I can see Jay Lethal wrestle too, which yeah. is always exciting. Is they, and I know this is different, but is does MJF show up for anything, or, or are we just turn the page? I mean, I'll go. Let's get to this one next. The casino ladder match. If there's going to be a single person who is inside the company to be the Joker, I like it. Be MJF. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> you know what? I never. I yeah. I kept thinking while they while they announced it that it's oh it's somebody from outside of something. MJF's the guy, though. You're right. Yes. He's, the, he's the one guy who they can use and, and to their benefit. And, yeah. Regar- and that's the thing. Regardless of who 
um, wins the main event, he has history with him. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to set up that future championship, if he's going to be the guy to take it, uh, it, it's possible it's somebody else too. We don't know the situation with MJF, but that if you were going to do a return for him, I think that would be it. Man, yeah. You I also, so, I'm also curious how Chicago reacts to him if he shows up. I, I think MJF is so over with I don't give a damn what wrestling fan just because you're looking at the breadcrumbs of everything that happened and it's like the sometimes them not even mentioning MJF is going to keep him in the conversation period so wherever he shows up expect the fucking pop to be massive Chicago mm. will give him the treatment too yeah yep. um, Tony Storm, Brett Baker Jamie Hayter, Karashita this has show stealing potential. I do wonder who's gonna win it though. I, I say I, I will say it also like you, you said, it has show stealing potential, but like it also kind of feels like a throwaway match. Like it kind of feels like we quickly put this together uh because the, the champion was injured, as opposed to like giving Tony Storm like they could have had a triple threat to determine a, a one you know, a number yeah, two contender. They could have. And, and looking at Look, looking at it, um, what they decided to do, it just it just seems like I don't know if this interim championship thing that AEW is is doing so much of, like to see, like back in the day when they did this and two champions come out and they both got the belt up, like that was something. But now this is becoming to be an AEW thing, and you got people like a champion's not even out for that long. Now you got two guys with the belts. It's so weird, and now they're doing this exact same thing again. I just, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's something that's always been a part of wrestling. Tony Khan is a huge wrestling fan, and you know it because the damn lights go off every chance they get to have somebody be in the ring. <laughs> like every chance he get it, I think this is another one where he's like, I'm living out my dream. Damn it, two, two champions both meeting in the middle, holding the belts up. Who's the real champion? So, I don't know. It's here's, a lot of that going on. Here's what I'm hoping comes of this, if nothing else. I think this should be the match that kicks off Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter's feud. I was going to say, I, I, I would not be disappointed if Jamie Hayter won the title. Yeah. But I do, I do think this should be the thing that splits them up. Because I think Jamie Hayter needs some single shine. Mm-hmm. Because she she's the only one. I mean, would it be a shame if Tony Storm didn't win this title? A little bit, but I th- there's no way Tony Storm doesn't get a title in the future. And Hikaru Shida is such an interesting one because I really she's too good a worker to be in this position that she's in where she felt like such an add-on to this match mm-hmm. and this is just the other the you know me going back to saying we need two women's matches on a dynamite episode but anyway um we'll move along jericho and danielson um yeah this is such an interesting one because this one has this one has history but it feels so distant 
it, it does, and it just it feels like this match is going to be determined by Daniel Garcia. So uh, you know, I don't care how long the match goes, you know, until Daniel Garcia comes out at some point, we're not going to get a pitch. Yeah, that's that's very fair. I think I think you're you're very right on that. Um, what do we have left on this show here? Oh yeah, Jungle Jack, <laughs> Jungle Boy Jack Perry, Christian Cage, and I'll throw in Starks and Hobbs into this too, mm-hmm. because I think these are two very similar stories where it's going to be a brutal feud between uh, former allies. I'll ask it this way: Which do you think is going to be the better match? It'd be hard to it'd be hard to bet against. Christian and and like all of the stuff that's in it's 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 so much more stuff involved with it. It's so much more story. It's a longer built story. It's a more intricately built story. So I think that's that's gonna be it. I I, I love I love uh, 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 Hobbs and and everything that they're doing. But it's that that's if that one were on the pre-show, that would be the match I would exchange for Pocket and Kipsy. Yep. Yep, yep. And, and, I, I, and we, we have done nothing but for weeks but praise Ricky Starks, but it just, in comparison, and, and we've only had Pac and Kip Sabian feuding for two weeks in comparison, yep. and because it's for a title, I feel like it, it should probably be on the, the main show. Yeah, um, I agree. Here's what I will say about Starks and Hobbs, and this is what, and this is what, this is, this is a little bit disappointing to me about the show. This match deserves stipulation. Whether it be a street fight, whether it be some sort of brawl in some sort of alternative, uh, is this location. the first match? Um, because usually the first usually don't come out hot. You usually you get that first match, and then the next one will be like, you know, the the, the next level up. Is this their first match? It it could be because start like they're gonna want somebody to they're gonna want somebody's entrance to kick off and make the crowd go crazy and Ricky Starks has that power. Yeah, hell yeah, love that music. I love yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. So that's definitely it's definitely a possibility. Like, there's a lot of ways you could go with this. You could do the trios match to start. You could do you could you could kick off with a tag match, but I feel like that's going to sit a little bit more in the middle of the card. Mm-hmm. Um, you could kick off with the casino ladder match, but I think that's what they're coming out hot with. Which I wouldn't hate that. Mm-mm, not at all. Um, Jake Cargill and Athena. If I have to make a prediction for this match. I think Jade Cargill is going to hold on to her belt. I think Athena kicks the Jade. I think that's what they're going to give her today or on the show. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, uh, Athena's. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what Athena is. It's like you know the the fallen angel, and she come out with the little wing thing, and it's really trying to figure out what she is, and trying to really figure out. Um, you know, we know she's a worker. Um, yeah. Is she a star? Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. Jay Cargill's a fucking star. Yes. All yeah. day long, yeah. buddy. So. That's, that's a very good question. Day. That's a very good question because I, I agree with you 100%. Jay Cargill has proven herself to be um, not, just, not just a star, but the star of the women's division. Mm-hmm. And from From nowhere. Yeah, who could have seen that coming? Yeah. 
I would have I would have almost exchanged and, and I don't want to say this, but I would have almost exchanged Sakai Shida, put off this Athena match for Jade Cargo and had her hold both belts. Because like come on. She's history. the biggest star in the women's division right now. Mm-hmm. That's history. And I just feel like Britt Baker's lost. She's lost. It's it, mm-hmm. as much she to me, she was such a surprise star. And yeah. once they took the belt off. And the thing about her is that she's a character that, because of the arrogance, because of the the way that her character sort of exists, having her chase is a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Because you know she already she's already won the belt in her head, mm-hmm. and you know it's hard to convey that when you know you're not holding it. Yep. Um. House of Black versus Miro, Darby, and Sting. Take my fucking money. Yes, that's going to be a bond burner, buddy. Listen, <laughs> I for weeks, for weeks, I've been busting Kyle's balls on this one because he's like, I don't know about this. I don't know. I wanted but, it to happen. Uh, yes, yes, you wanted it to happen, but you didn't know how they were going to get there. All they needed was all they needed to be, was to be in Miro's dark room. I'm looking at the Sting, you know, the Sting got I don't know if, if if there's a correlation between the people that have the thing on the eye starting to grow and it gets bigger and bigger. Does this mean his thing is going heel? Like, I don't know, but I'll tell you, Miro is fucking money every time. Like, man, he is so charismatic in the promos. He, oh my god, like. Dude, WWE did not even scratch the surface. I didn't think this was in there. It's in there, and I love it. Miro is, yeah. Miro's the one that, you know, you could clearly see inklings of it in WWE. Mm -hmm. Like, go back and watch. uh, I mean, go back and look at the stuff that he was doing with, uh, um, in the the storyline with uh, Rusev Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, him, I'm him, and I'm trying to remember his name. Um, I remember Aiden his English. Name. Yep. Aiden English. Yep. I remember the his honorary his... Guerrero. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. <laughs> uh, him and Aiden English were having the run of their lives, and seemed like they were having so much fun doing it. Yep. Go, go back and watch uh, Rusev in Southpaw Regional Wrestling. And it's yes. a guy who can barely like who can barely speak English be like a show stealing charisma machine. Yep. Um and that's the thing about Miro is regardless of what his character has been, when he's on camera, you just can't like you're transfixed to him. He is he is just going to soak it all in. And um Oh god. Only yeah, there's only one woman who can touch through DNA. <laughs> ah, love it. Um, Miro, to me, when he gets out of this, I do hope that we get to see him get pushed towards either a title. He needs a direction, and it needs to be gold chasing. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's so many it's so many belts. Yes. It's so many belts, and it's, I don't know if it's enough time to showcase. And they keep adding belts. Yes. And it's like, if this is a... I don't know. You don't just keep throwing belts at it, because that's not the problem. Because if everybody's got the belt, nobody's a champion. Yes. Um, 
Moxley and Punk. I'm going to ask this because I think this is the more interesting question to me. Which one of them bleeds first? Uh, gotta be. <laughs> that, Moxley will probably be bleeding on the way to the ring. <laughs> yeah. He'll probably bust himself open with a with a sling blade before the match. <laughs> <laughs> I think those entrances, like, man, those entrances are going to be hot. You look at Moxley coming through the Chicago crowd. Like it's gonna be, it's going to be hot. And when they get in the ring, and I'm wondering, is Ace Steel going to pay a uh, play a factor in this match? Either way, it's a good question. That's it's something I never really thought of. Yeah, because I mean, we didn't even know who the hell he was, and in 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 a few minutes, he went from a dude that just came and picked the contract up to now he just fired Punk up and did this whole thing and imagine if he screwed Punk or you know like it's so many different ways I mean because I don't know honestly if this is a straight up and down match and there's a winner and a loser is, is, is it going to be a good enough story for CM Punk to just go down in the blaze of glory is it going to be a good enough story for John Moxley to, to just lose like there's mm. it's got to have something else some some other piece MJF there's got to be something else involved that we're not seeing and I don't know Tony Khan is big on putting that belt last for better or worse so yes. you know I think a lot of times in WWE it's like they will put the they will put that match depending on what the result was going to be whereas as you see with AEW with which they did something different for the you know when cardio won but for the most part that championship is going last so whatever it is it's got to be main event we can't do another squash like we've got we got to get something out of this I think it's going to be a game changer whichever direction they go in that's a yeah. I, I agree with you one hundred percent. That's a that's a very good point. It is they're yeah. You're right. They're almost assuredly going to put this thing on last. Is it going to especially considering the star power we are going through? We're talking about in this card, and even there's no slowdown match you can have before this one. Because um, oh. even if it were even if it were Jericho Danielson, where you expect that match to be. Uh, you know, a more technical, a more rude, a more grounded match. That's not a slowdown match. That's not going to get you. It's uh, not going to get you. You know. Yeah, you, you're you're asking this match. You're asking a lot of these two guys, and you're asking a lot of this match to deliver. Yep. I hope it does. I really do. I would. I would like to see these two have have a banger of a match. And yeah, the thing about this, I will say. This card, more than any other that I can remember for AEW, is so hard to predict. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't feel safe calling any winners. I have maybe I have maybe a couple. I think Wardlow and FTR are pretty safe. A pretty safe bet. Mm-hmm. And I think. Um, well, hold on, before before you go over, uh, what do you think the over under is that Satnam Singh gets powerball? Oh hell yeah, that's happening. <laughs> that's happening. It's gonna be a symphony on his ass. Can can Wardlow even lift him? 
Oh, hell we'll yeah. find out. We'll find out <laughs> on Sunday. Stay tuned. That's 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 the story. Yeah. They mentioned it on TV. He's going to power bomb the shit out of. Him. Get ready, it's coming. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm super excited for this show. It's going to be really good. I am so sad. I'm not going to be able to watch this live, but it's going to be one heck of a show. I I'm looking through all the cities to have this in movie theaters. And I'll say to our listeners, if you are in one, and since I am not, that sounds like a great way to check out this show. It is. It's a, it's a hell of a, it's, you know, because every I've done all of them at the theater, and it's such a different crowd because the lights are on, and you know everybody's. It's it's a celebration. Every I mean, it's, it's it's really one of the best pro wrestling experiences for everybody that's in there because we all brothers for 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 that night. So if if anybody under the sound of my voice is close enough to see it, I I, I think it's it's worth it. I, I go every time. And I think, what is it, a $25 ticket? I'm in there. Yeah, that's 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 cheaper than the goddamn pay-per-view at all. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're with all your friends. Hell, I'm going to have a exactly. sandwich in my pocket ready to go. Like, let's do it. All right. Um, that's, that is the end of our show. Jack, it is always a pleasure to have you on here. Appreciate every time you're able to to come on. Um, before we we get into all of our social media stuff, is there anything you wanna? Yeah, is there anything you wanna shout out or anything you wanna uh, tell the people about? Yeah, you, you know, like I I will say this: I am a huge fan of you guys, and and getting this opportunity to get to do this. Man, it means the world. I'm so passionate about wrestling and, and, and always have been. So I'm a, I'm a fan. And this is a dream come true every time I get to get on here and just talk wrestling with you guys. So that's that's my plug. Like, these guys are legit. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you for what you do for all of us. It's 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 a blessing. And I appreciate you guys. I mean, it's, it's a... It I feel like the hottest girl. <laughs> <laughs> you are... It is it is an honor to have you on. Uh, it is yeah, fantastic to get to get talk to you every time. And uh, yeah, it's this was this was a lot of fun um, as it always is. Uh, Ryland, do you want to tell the people about the social medias? If you want to find us on Twitter, it's at wnwallop. On Instagram, it is wnwallop. On Facebook, it's Wednesday Night Wallop. Look for myself and Kyle Joseph's name. That's how you know you'll find us. Black and yellow, that's how you find us. Black and gold, whichever you prefer. Uh, and if you want to find me personally on Twitter, it's at R-Y-A-M Sport Report. Kyle, where do they find you? Uh, if they're in, if you're so inclined to find me, you can find me at Legendary KJ. That is L-E-R-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-Y-K-J. This is a lot of fun. This is a long one. If you made it all the way through it, as always, we appreciate each and every one of you. And you have been walloped. Good night. Love you guys.
You have been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.